0: Please stay tuned, you're worth Sirius FM 105.7, your number one station in the East Rand. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the special edition Hajj broadcast on Sirius FM 105.7. You are with Muhammad Azad. And inshallah, you will be with me up to the Maghrib Salah. We will conclude this program just before the Maghrib Salah with a uh, dua as well. We we'll make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We'll Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to understand and the tawfiq to practice. I would like to take this opportunity of welcoming everybody to this program, all our listeners on Siddhas FM, uh, locally and abroad as well, on this special day. The uh, Day of Arafat for those that are performing Hajj, and for us in South Africa, the 8th of Zilhijja, according to the different phases of the moon. Uh, we thank and we praise Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala for His many niyamats and His favours that He has showered upon us. We thank Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala for blessing us with iman, and we thank Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala for His immense blessings during this difficult period. That we are facing. As an introduction, uh, a hadith sharif of Nabi Akrim sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam comes to mind when, uh, Ali bin Zain al rahmatullahi Rahmatullah Ali, that is one of the grandsons of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, complained to Sayyidina Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu about the atrocities of Hajjaj bin Yusuf and his tyranny. Uh, and Sayyidina Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, said to him that you must bear all of this with patience. And Hajjaj bin Yusuf was such a person that it is said about him that uh, his breakfast would not digest until he would not see the blood of somebody before him. So he was a tyrannical ruler. And he responsible for the lives of many Sahaba تعالى, as well. taala said to Sayyidina Ali bin Zainul al and that bear this with patience because the time to come will be worse than what you're experiencing right now. Then he mentioned a hadith sharif from Nabi Alaihi ﷺ, in which Rasulullah ﷺ said that towards the end of time, fitna. Uh, and fitna could be translated in different ways. Uh, it could be translated as mischief. it could be translated as a test and tribulation, it could be translated as a challenge as well, difficulties in general. So Rasulullah ﷺ said that fitna will spread like the waves of the oceans. When we analyze the waves of the oceans, there's two things which we understand about it. One is that it is continuous. Similarly, the Hadith says that fitna and challenges which will face the Ummah towards the end of time will be continuous like the waves of the oceans. Then the other aspect of the wave is that depending on the tide, sometimes it is huge, sometimes the waves are much smaller, but it is continuous and never breaks. So the fitna in the same way would be such that sometimes the fitna will be huge and sometimes they will be smaller. But nevertheless, it will be continuous. And Allah says a mu'min who is caught up in this fitna, in this challenge, in this difficulty, uh, he would think to himself, this is the end of me and I would not survive this. But that fitna will pass in time only to be replaced by another fitna, which is much more greater and more severe than the fitna that the hadith has experienced. And when we look at our situation here in South Africa, while we are still busy coming to terms and trying to uh, maneuver our lives and adjust our lives uh, according to the the, the different uh, COVID protocols which are around us and the difficulties that we face in terms of our dean and dunya because of the COVID restriction, and we are going through the third wave at the moment, which has been more severe than the second and the first wave itself Uh, last week. The country was put into severe unrest and many, many people have been left homeless. Rich people overnight have become zakatable people. And this was another challenge which had come upon us. So this brings the hadith of Nabi Akrim sallallahu alaihi wasallam to mind that while people are still busy dealing with one fitna, one challenge, uh, another fitna comes and it is seems to be much more greater and more severe. And then we see as time goes on, it also passes on. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best what would be the next challenge and next now. Next but in all of this difficulty, when we find look at it, we find that uh, one of the difficult aspects of dealing with COVID and even with this unrest was the aspect of our deen. Uh one hand, we see the beauty of deen and the flexibility of it as well, but how easy it is to practice on our deen and religion. It is not just confined to one particular place. Then we find that what is missing in our lives is a congregational aspect of our deen and our religion itself. You know, where in the past, um, Hajj used to be a huge gathering and multitudes of people would come. No person would worry about the next person uh, touching them or even shaking their hands or even rubbing shoulders another person. We know those of us that have been there and what we witness also from the various uh, video uh, clips that we see that, you know, people would stand back to back and shoulder to shoulder while performing salah, while making tawaf, moving from one uh, part of hajj to the another part of it, or uh, observing one ritual and complete another ritual of hajj. We find that uh, there, were, there was never anything about social distancing or controlling numbers. But as many people as possible would come there. Uh, they would be accommodated, and some way every single person would get to perform the Hajj. Now we have a very different situation. A selected few people have been honoured with performing the Hajj, and many people have been deprived of it. People whose names had been there before, but we find that. Uh, They are still waiting for the opportunity to come. They make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for them as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for the Ummah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it uh, such that life can return to normality once again, where we have that freedom of movement, uh, freedom of meeting, freedom of congregating. But one thing what we need to take with from us, from COVID and all the other challenges that that we have, is that we need to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is one positive aspect that has come out from the difficulties and challenges that we face now. Uh, Many people that you meet uh, reflect on their lives and say that I need to prepare myself. A brother came to me a few days ago, says, Malana, help me uh, fill in my will. Because the way things are going right now and we have no guarantee of life. You know, a person falls in two, three days' time, such a person is gone. Another person said to me, I have a manet in my possession of a particular person, and uh, nobody knows about it but myself and the person who's a I'm keeping. But I'm afraid that tomorrow, if something happens to me, my family would uh, assume that this is uh, mines, but this is an manet which belongs to someone else, and I need to share this with people as well because there's no guarantees of life. So in a way, it has also prepared us for the eventual reality that we will have to leave this dunya and there's no guarantee of any person being here for any specific time or for any specific period. And during this recent uh, challenge that we experienced in terms of the unrest as well, that also has opened our eyes to many things, you know, uh, the, the, the the basic necessities of life, how important it is for us, things that we had taken for granted Suddenly, that becomes the most sought-after uh, item that a person needs in order for survival. And we find that how fortunes of people also change overnight. This is all in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention in the Qur'an Sharif that قُلِ اللَّهُمَّ مَالِكَ الْمُلْكَ تُؤْتِي الْمُلْكَ مَنْ Wa وَتَنزِعُ الْمُلْكَ مِنْ مَنْ That the sovereignty and kingdom of the world, it belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Say Prophet, say, oh, Allah said to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allahumma malikal mulk. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the king of kings. He is the owner of everything. The sovereign, the majestic, everything belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He gives kingdom to whoever he wishes. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can snatch it away. From whomsoever He wishes, nobody ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala question. To عزمن tasha or to man tasha. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gives respect to a person whomsoever He wishes, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala degrades and humiliates whomsoever he, he wishes. To عزمن tasha, or to دلمن تشاء, بيديك الخير. All good is in the hands of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. إنك على كل شيء قدير. The ayah then goes on to make mention of the great qudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nahar wa how the day progresses into night and how the night then progresses into day the one seamlessly moves into the other and the other into the other and that is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's qudrat is From the dead, Allah creates a living. And from the living, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala gives death. And that is all in the Qudrat and Power of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. Every single condition is in the hand of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. And that is what we should constantly believe in. Constantly we should look at the Qudrat and the Power of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. That Allah is in control of everything. Nobody can do anything without the wish and the command of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why it is very important for us to make sure that we give our lives to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, Hajj itself is a reminder of that A sacrifice in order for a person to come closer to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I know that during the Hajj broadcast uh, that we had on Sirius FM throughout the day, many advices had been shared uh, with us from, from our uh, illustrious and our senior scholars as well. But I would like to make mention of uh, a very beautiful analogy which I read in, in, in the book of uh, Khalid Beg, First Things First, where he makes mention of, of Hajj and he gives a very beautiful uh, analogy of, of Hajj itself. He says that the role of, of, of Hajj uh, is like the heart and the liver in the human body. We find that the heart, it sucks in the tired blood. And the blood is then filtered and it is rejuvenated by the liver. And then the blood is then sent again to all parts of the body by the heart. So he says similarly, we find that Hajj also, it brings people and members of the Ummah from different parts of the world, all different parts of the world. And then the Hajj rejuvenates the Iman of such people. It gives them spiritual energy. It gives them commitment and thereafter it sends them back to their communities to spread the blessings of Hajj which is which is spread far and wide. And that is what Hajj is about. Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that when you go for Hajj and you make dua, then ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Hajj maqbul and Hajj Mabrur. Now we usually translate it as a uh, accepted hajj, but just an accepted hajj it doesn't do justice to what maqbul and Mabroor really means. Or what does Hajj and mean? Nabi Alaihi ﷺ in a hadith sharif and gives a description of Hajj and and Mabroor. And he says that Hajj and and Mabroor is such a Hajj that a person performs without violating a single commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the reward for such a Hajj is nothing but Jannah. It's nothing but Jannah. So a person who is afforded opportunity to do a hajj makbul maqbul and mabroor, such a person's reward, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is Jannah, nothing more, nothing less. Then it is mentioned that we look at the uh, afterlife of a person who has returned for hajj. And the afterlife would be a yardstick to determine whether a person had actually been afforded a hajj makbul maqbul and hajj mabrur. if one's life has changed. One has become better spiritually. than the Hajj makbul. It is a Hajj makbul, and it is a Hajj mabrur. But if life returns back to normal after having performed Hajj, or rather, would say abnormal, and we have the same habits that we had before Hajj, uh, in terms of uh, disobedience of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, or a person breaks a command of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, or someone is not punctual with his Salah, or we find this deficiency in terms of our Deen. And that is, unfortunately, the sign of a hajj which has not been granted a state of maqbool and mabroor by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it has not brought about the desired change in any person. So, this is a beautiful analogy which is given as far as hajj is concerned. You know, like the heart and liver, which purifies the blood and it makes a person healthy and rejuvenates a person. Similarly, also, hajj brings a person in. And after having brought a person in, rejuvenates the iman of such a person, sends him back to the community so he can give off that barakat and the blessings of hajj, and not just uh, go back to the community and and, and be the person that he or she was before, but they come back with a special nur, a special light, a light from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is there for people to derive benefit from. And in addition to that, it's mentioned when a person comes back from hajj, then ask him to make du'a for you. Because the du'a of such a person is accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We make du'a that uh, those people who have been or brothers uh, from the kingdom uh, who have been afforded the opportunity to perform hajj, Allah ta'ala bless them with Hajj maqbool and Hajj Mabrur, And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, return uh, the conditions, our conditions, you know, make it normal for us once again so that uh, we can also one day go back And in order for us to be able to perform hajj over and over again, Uh, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us that opportunity. Um, I came across another very beautiful quotation. And uh, this quotation is actually from uh, Ibn Rajab humbly, rahmatullahi alayhi. And uh, he reminds those people that haven't gone for hajj or who have not been given that opportunity of hajj, and he invites them to reflect over their position and situation in which they find themselves, that how are you going to draw blessings from Hajj itself, and how do you compare yourself to that person who is in Hajj, that person who is sitting in Arafat. So Ibn Rajab humbly rahmatullahi says that uh, if in Arafat you aren't able to make wukuf, so if you cannot go to Arafat, and you're unable to make wukuf at Arafat, because wukuf in Arafat, standing in Arafat is the most important part of Hajj. Without wukuf in Arafat, Hajj is not made. That's the furnace. And it is the, the, the compulsory act of Hajj itself. So he says that if you are unable to make wukuf in Arafat, because you're not present in Arafat, then you as a person who hasn't gone for Hajj, what should you do? Then he says that within the limits of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, you should make wukuf wukuf means stand. So if you can't make wukuf in Arafat, then at least make sure you make wukuf within the limits and boundaries of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That do not overstep the boundaries that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set around you. Do not fall into sin or any kind of transgression. but your life should actually be within that limits and stand within the boundaries of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because by standing within the boundaries of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are drawing the rahmat, and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you are making yourself the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he goes on to speak about Muzdalifah. He says that if you cannot spend the night in Muzdalifa, because you haven't been given the opportunity to be in Ihram, and to be in Hajj, then you as a person who is not in Muzdalifa, or spend the night in Muzdalifa, you should obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is how you should spend your night. So you cannot spend the night in Muzdalifah, but spend your night in obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in that way, every night can be a night of Muzdalifah. So those of us that go for hajj or those who go for the haji, um, they have been instructed to go to Muzdalifah. Why? In obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it makes sense or there is any kind of understanding behind it, Not. no, this is a ritual and you've got to go from one place to another place, and you've got to spend the night in Mustalifa. And that is, you spend the night in Mustalifa in obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says that if you cannot spend that night in Mustalifa, then at least spend every night in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because that will be good for you. Then he moves on to the day of Eid, and the day of slaughtering and sacrifice. And he says that if you are unable to slaughter an animal in Mina, if you are unable to slaughter an animal in Mina, because you are not there for Hajj, then at least slaughter your desires and you will reach your Muna. Muna means that you will reach your ultimate aim in life. That is where you will reach. So you cannot slaughter the animal in Mina. Then wherever you are, slaughter your desires. Sacrifice your desires. By sacrificing your desires, you will reach your Muna your ultimate aim and your ultimate destination. And by sacrificing, you will reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is what we should look at as the ummah of Nabi Karim, Sallallahu alayhi Wasallam. So while we are not in hajj, but we can share in the spirit of hajj. For those who are making wukuf in Arafat, we are going to make wukuf within the limits of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When they move to Mus'alifa this evening, we are going to sleep and spend our night in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when they are making qurbani, then we are going to make qurbani of our desires and we're going to sacrifice our desires only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For us, uh, here in South Africa and other parts of the world uh, that, that, that are still uh, experiencing the 8th of Zil-Hijjah, uh, there are two aspects uh, as I would like to speak upon before we go on to the du'a, and just as reminders, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us in the Qur'an Sharif, that the فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَةَ tanfa'ul muminin That remind one another, because reminders are beneficial for the believers. There are two things which are special about the ninth of Zilhijjah for those that are not in hajj. First of all, the ninth of Zilhijjah is a very special day in terms of observing a nafal fast. Nabi Karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam was asked that what is the significance of fasting on the day of Ashura the day of Ashura which is the 10th of uh, the 10th the, the of uh, Muharram so Nabi Karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned that the 10th of Muharram it carries the reward of fasting for an entire year then Nabi Karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam was asked by the Sahabi that what is the reward of fasting on the day of Arafah which is the 9th of Silhijjah? Nabi Al-Karim replied that this serves as a forgiveness of sins for the present year as well as the previous year. So two years of sins are forgiven for that person who fasts on the 9th of Zilhijjah. So tomorrow here yeah, in South Africa, it is the 9th of Zilhijjah and some other parts of the world as well. We should be celebrating the 9th of Zilhijjah tomorrow. So let us all try. This is a very significant day and the reward for it is also tremendous. Remember that when we perform in ibadat, we perform in ibadat for the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The reward we get is a bonus which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us. So we fast for the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to please Allah our Rabb. And as a reward, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive our sins. And we are all in need of forgiveness. That is one thing as far as the ninth of Zil-Hijjah is concerned. So let's make an effort uh, and, and uh, encourage our family members also if they can to observe the fast of the 9th of Zil-Hijjah. The second aspect of the 9th of Zil-Hijjah is Nabi Alayhi ﷺ taught us that we should recite the takbir of tashriq after every farah salam. Now, this is a takbir which is associated specifically with the days of Eid. Uh, in, in one hadith, Nabi Karim ﷺ mentions takbir," that, that adorn your days of Eid with the recitation of the takbir, Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar, wali hamd. So, starting the, on the morning of the ninth of Zil Hijjah, for the period of twenty-three salah, one should recite the takbir after every farah salah once. Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar, wali illahil And This takbir should be recited by every person who is performing salah uh, whether one performs salah in jamaah in congregation or one performs it individually for males as well as for females as far as females are concerned the sunnah is that it should be recited loudly uh, and, and as far as females are concerned for males they should recite it loudly and for females they should recite it softly and that is the difference between the two but everybody whether a person performs it uh, salah in congregation or individually, one should recite it, and we should remember also the recitation of Takbir, it is wajib, for the period of 23 salah. So we're looking at the 9th of Zil Hijjah, we're looking at 10th of Zil Hijjah, 11th of Zil Hijjah, 12th of Zil Hijjah, which is Friday, and Saturday, which is the 13th of Zil Hijjah, up to the time of Asr. So starting from tomorrow morning, up to Saturday, Asr time, we will continue to recite the Takbir of Tashriq. So these are two things that are special about the ninth of Zil-Hijjah. One is fasting, and great reward is mentioned. Two years of sins are forgiven. And secondly, the restation of Takbir, which is regarded as wajid by our scholars. So apart from this, uh, you know, very important, these are the days of Zil-Hijjah. And I'm sure we have heard about this before. And there, these are very special days. Uh, they are days which carry extra reward for any good which is done. And at the same time, while trying to do good, one should try to abstain from any kind of wrongdoing as well. And, as I always mention, is that if one cannot do anything good, at least don't do anything which is wrong. Because staying away from guna itself is also a good deed. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept the hajj of those fortunate who had performed hajj during this year. And Allah ta'ala open up hajj and umrah once again for us, that we can visit the haramain sharifain over and over again, for Hajj and for Umrah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a true appreciation for the na'mat of visiting his house and making ziyaret of the beautiful and tomb of Nabi Karim sallallahu and been able to go into Ihram and perform hajj, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened the doors for us once more and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala afford us that opportunity. Uh, let us also uh, keep the entire ummah of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in our duas. Please recite Nurul Sharif uh, and uh, join me in this live dua. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik sallim ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنا وفي الاخره حسنه وقنا عذاب النار ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكنن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت العز الأكرم رب اغفر وارحم وانت خير الراحمين اللهم اغفر لنا ما قدمنا وما اخرنا وما اسررنا وما اعلنا وما اسرفنا وما انت اعلم به منا انت المقدم وانت المؤخر لا اله الا انت بدينى بالله ربنا و بلسامي دينا و صلى الله عليه وسلم رسول ونبيا اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله وإليك يرجع الامر كله يدك الخير كله لا نحسيت ثنان عليك انت كما اتنايت على نفسك اللهم لك الحمد كما ينبغي بجلال وجهك وعظيم سلطانك اللهم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من خاسرين اللهم إننا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار اللهم السرعراتنا وآمن روعاتنا اللهم إننا نجعلك في نحورهم ونعوذ بك من شرورهم اللهم اكفناهم بما شئت اللهم إننا نعوذ بك من الهم والحزن ونعوذ بك من العجز والكسل ونعوذ بك من الجبن والبخل ونعوذ بك من غلبة الدين وقهر الرجال، اللهم احفظنا من كل بلاء الدنيا، وعذاب القبر وعذاب الآخرة، اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من البرس والجنون والجذام، والكورونا ومن سيئ نسقام، بفضلك وكرمك وجودك يا أرحم الراحمين، اللهم اخفر لنا ذنوبنا، وسع لنا في ديارنا، وبارك لنا في أرزاقنا، اللهم قنعنا بما رزقتنا، وبارك لنا فيه ورحمنا، واغنف لنا على كل غائبة لنا بخير، يا عزيز يا غفار يا كريم يا ستار، اللهم اكفنا بحلالك نحرامك، وأغننا بفضلك عمن عم سواك، اللهم أجرهم، في مصيبتهم وخلف لهم خير خيرا منها بفضلك وكرمك وجودك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتبع لنا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم على محمد نبيك ورسولك وصلي على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين امين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين جزاكم الله خير until next time, keep us in your dua. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Please stay tuned. You worth Sirius FM 105.7, your number one station in the East Rand.